I love the power of that embrace there. It's, it's a beautiful thing with Gomer finally reuniting with Hosea, coming back, coming back to him. Turn with me to Hosea chapter 7. We've been going through this book, this minor prophet, powerful message of love and, and of God's boundless love for us that we've been seeing through the life of Hosea. I hope uh, that it's, as we see the life of Gomer and Hosea, these people, real people and real history, um, that it's expanded our, our idea of God's boundless love in our in our minds and in our hearts, getting a glimpse, maybe a, a real tangible glimpse at how He loves us despite our wrongs, despite our failings, despite our runnings off from Him. He has this boundless, relentless love that is pursuing us. And so today, um, we are going to wrap up Hosea chapter, well, the book of Hosea. Um, we're going to skip a little bit. I just want to read kind of Skip to my loo, here, 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 before we make it to chapter 14. Um, this book that was written almost 3,000 years ago, Prophet Hosea ministered around 750 B.C. And he's, he had this like 50-year-long uh, preaching career where he was in the northern kingdom of Israel, as we mentioned, and trying to get people to understand the powerful, powerful message of God's love. Who He is and what He's done in our lives. And He, he ends, we'll see, with a message that He's really been repeating. Sometimes when you read the, the prophets in the Scriptures, they, they tend to repeat the same thing because the important things need to be repeated, right? Keep the main thing the main thing. So we're going to see uh, Hosea again. He's going to talk about returning, returning, returning and being restored once again to the relentless love of God. Hosea chapter 7 Let's just look at verse 13. Hosea 7.13 What sorrow awaits those who have deserted me? This might be some of God's tough love we talked about a few weeks ago. Let them die, for they have rebelled against me. I wanted to redeem them, but they have told lies about me. They do not cry out to me with sincere hearts. Instead, they sit on their couches and wail. They cut themselves begging foreign gods for grain and new wine, and they turn away from me. I trained them and made them strong, yet now they plot evil against me. They look everywhere except to the Most High. They are as useless as a crooked bow. Their leaders will be killed by their enemies because of their insolence towards me. Then the people of Egypt will laugh at them. I thought that was... You know, we, we've been talking about a lot of things the past six, week, uh, six weeks. They look everywhere except at the Most High. That's like us sometimes. We have this divided heart. We have this divided loyalty, and we can stray, can't we? Sort of half committed to God. Israel, we know they got caught up in all these false idols and worshiping false gods, and they were doing, going through the motions, like we mentioned, uh, practicing these religious rituals, but their hearts were not in it. And we've got to be careful, because sometimes that can be us. Now, what's going to happen to them? They're doing things they know they shouldn't. Have you ever done that? I think we don't need to raise our hands. We've all done things we know we shouldn't, just like Israel. What's going to happen? Flip over to verse uh, to chapter ten. Chapter ten. Look at verse thirteen in chapter ten of Hosea ten thirteen. He writes, "But you have cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of sins." That's quite a 
picturesque way. You've harvested a thriving crop of sins. You have eaten the fruit of lies, trusting in your military might, believing the great armies could make your nation safe. Uh, only God can make us safe eternally. Verse 14, Now the terrors of war will rise among your people. All your fortifications will fail. But just, uh, just as when Shalman destroyed Beth Arbel, even mothers and children were dashed to death there. This is tragic, sad. You will share their fate, Bethel, because of your great wickedness. When the day of judgment dawns, the king of Israel will be completely destroyed. The hard truth, that's just from chapter 10, the hard truth is that our actions have consequences, don't we? We talked about that a little bit too. I'm sort of summing up today everything we talked about for six weeks. Our actions have consequences. We know that it's a truth. You don't have to believe in the Bible. You don't have to believe in God and Jesus. We reap what we sow. It's just a natural truth. And sometimes if we sow a path away from God, we reap um, hurt and pain and destruction away from God. But here's what I want to get to. <laughs> this is uh, the hope. Let's end uh, today on the last chapter of Hosea we're going to be in Hosea 14. Flip over a few more pages. Life hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> it's full of suffering, evil, sickness, pain, death. And then there's this thing, this sort of light at the end of the tunnel, that's hopefully not an oncoming train. <laughs> a light at the end of the tunnel, where we see a lot of times in the Scriptures, but God. But God rich in His mercy. But God rich in His grace. But God chose to intervene and intercede and love us even though we were far from Him. But God, through Jesus, chose to save us. But God, but God, but God. We have these but God moments where we're stuck in our sickness and sinfulness, selfishness, away from Him. But God. So here's the, the but God moment for uh, what Hosea is preaching to his people. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. Hosea 14.1 For your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to Him, Forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. Assyria cannot save us, nor can our war horses. Never again will we say to the idols we have made, You are our gods. Can we say that in our heart? Never again say to the idols we have made, you are our gods. No, in you alone do the orphans find mercy. And here's a but God moment. The Lord says, then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds. It's boundless. For my anger will be gone forever. We're going to pause there. Praise God that after all that, all that we've done against Him, against other people, hurting ourselves, worshiping false gods, still, He's still willing to forgive. He's still willing to restore us back to Him when we repent and renew our commitment to God. If you're taking notes, first thought is repent and renew your commitment to God. This is sort of uh, the thing with baptism. I surrender to Jesus. I give you my sins. I repent. And I, I turn my old life, uh, turn from my old life and go and become a new creation in you. That's repentance. But it's not just a one-time act as a Christian. It's a daily ritual. Hourly, minute by minute. Turning from our sins. Recognizing the, the weight of what we've done against God, against other people. Recognizing that we're in rebellion against God. 
And turning from that, repenting daily, perpetually, continually. And over and over we find that God, like Gomer to Hosea, always desires for us to come back. Like the prodigal son we talked about, God always desires us to come back no matter how far we've gone, no matter how much we've done, no matter how far we... we you know, I feel like God could never forgive me. It doesn't matter what you feel like in that regard. What's that saying, Greg? Facts don't care about feelings. <laughs> Your fact, well, the facts, the truth of God doesn't care if you feel like you've gone too far from God. Because the facts are, you haven't. God, with open arms, is always welcoming you back. Come back to me. That's the Father heart of God. Come back to me. Come back to me. Return to me. And Hosea had his unconditional love for Gomer, didn't he? Good old Gomer. Shazam, Shazam. We love Gomer. She's great. I had to do it one last time, Joe. She comes back to his embrace. And so we, we see this continuing theme throughout Scripture of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. It does not quit. It does not fail. And it is always there for us. That is God's Boundless love. I hoped it. <laughs> I'm just drilling this, just drilling this, just drilling this, bringing this home. That you understand God's love for you. Because it'll change your life. It'll change your mind. It'll change your heart. It'll change your words. It'll change your actions. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your finances. It'll change your work. It'll change how you parent. It'll change everything. Jesus changes everything. God's love through Jesus changes everything. Understanding God's love. Life changing. Eternity changing. You never have gone too far from God's boundless, relentless love chasing you. If you ever wonder, like, what is repentance? It's kind of a church word, sort of a churchy word, repentance, repent. Maybe you've heard that before. It just means a U-turn. Just think of it as a U-turn. Get that in your mind, a U-turn sign. So God's here, and He's immeasurably patient. Sometimes we don't have the patience to wait for someone to uh, ask for forgiveness or say they're sorry, right? But God is waiting for us to repent. Waiting. He's, he's willing that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance to Him. And so repentance is just like expressing that godly sorrow we talked about a little bit ago. Not worldly sorrow where I'm sorry I got caught. I'm going to hide it better from now on. But godly sorrow is I am truly, completely, utterly just crushed by the weight of my sin. I am so sorry, God, and other people for what I have done in my life. And my sin is going in this direction. I'm doing these things. I'm in rebellion. I'm hurting other people. I'm hurting myself. I'm against God's best ways of living. Living foolishly. Living like the world. And I do the U-turn. 180 degrees. And then instead of following my sin, instead of living in rebellion, instead of hurting God, hurting other people, hurting myself, I'm going in the opposite direction. Making a U-turn towards the things of God, towards the ways of God that He has outlined in Scripture. Toward His best ways of living. Towards righteousness. Instead of going in the direction of unrighteousness and ultimately our sin that leads to destruction. That is the way of rebellion. That is, we're a sinner by nature and by choice and everyone 
of us has that opportunity, that, that chance, that um, the moment where we get to, instead of choosing the ways of the world, instead of choosing our old nature, we can say, I choose you, God. I surrender my life to you, Jesus, and I give all that I am to you, every area, and now I, even though I am tempted by my old nature, I, I sort of slip and I, I fall back into my old ways of, of sin and living sometimes. Please, I, help me, lift me up. Help me seek your face as I make this U-turn, directional shift, change in my life. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. They should make that into a song, Greg. Doesn't that sound good? I am no longer a slave to... Uh, oh, maybe they already have. That's that U-turn. That's that changing of... Um, who we are at the deepest level. Not just changing, okay, this is what I do on Sunday mornings now. Instead of sleeping in, I go to a, a building and listen to Dan drone on and on and on. Not just changing an hour a week, but changing our entire life orientation. The words that come out of our mouth, the things that we do, our actions, what we do with our hands, and where we go with our feet, how we treat the people around us, how we spend our money, how we um, interact with our, I'll use a nice word, how we interact with our boss <laughs> or co-workers, how we interact with our noisy neighbors who keep us up until all hours of the night, Hallie, partying like animals. I am not the party, I was the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, yeah, wait, yeah, I was yeah so I'm saying, you're loving your neighbors, neighbor. even you when they're neighbor. partying like animals and keeping you up. How we interact with people who are not perfect, right? How we treat people who are far from perfect, just like we are far from perfect, giving grace and mercy and forgiveness to those who don't deserve it, because you know what? We didn't deserve it either. But God lavished it on us, and understanding what He's done in our life, how He's forgiven us, and then walking in the way of Jesus, following in His footsteps, forgiving those forgiving people around us because of how we've been forgiving. And you don't need to hide anything from God. Sometimes people are like, oh, I give my life to you, Jesus, but you can't have this area of my life. I want to do money the way I want to do it. I want to you know, keep sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I want to keep doing this stuff and, and drugs and uh, get into all these, uh, partying like an animal and whatever. All these ways, uh, just this one room, just this one area, I don't want to give to you, Jesus. But God says, give me all that you are, all your junk, all your mess. All, I love you. Come to me. I want every part of you. So that, not that, so that we can keep sinning and keep doing those things, but so that God can change us and transform us into who He's called us to be. That's the old nature to the new creation. The pain, the brokenness that we were before, the foolish decisions, consequences of our rebellion changed shifted, renewed, restored into God's image, who He made us to be and what He called us to do. Leaving all of that behind, forsaking the ways of the world and turning to the Messiah, Jesus, whose ways are infinitely better than anything this world has to offer. Why do we resist Him so much? Why do we just keep going along this foolish path of sin and rebellion? 
Yes, sin is tempting for a while. It's fun for a while. But eternally, you know, in the long run, it's so destructive, so much pain, so much suffering when we're off on our own path and rebellion, off on the ways that are uh, the direction against God. He offers us abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. Why would we not choose that? Make that decision in your heart, in your life. First John, I love this, uh, says, but if we confess our sins to Him, that's that repentance, if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or all unrighteousness. Even those parts of your life that you say, I, I've gone too far, I've done too much. All unrighteousness, all wickedness. But God, you don't understand. I did this thing, I hurt this people. All unrighteousness, all wickedness. But God, you could never forgive me. I hurt them so much and I did. All, I don't know. The Greek word for all means all. All of it. All of it. Don't. I know sometimes we have a hard time forgiving ourselves for what we've done. But God does not have a hard time forgiving us for what we've done. It's kind of who He is. It's in His boundless love nature. Will you accept His boundless, relentless love in your life and turn to Him to change you, to forgive you in spite of all you've done? And then you know what God does? Oh, check this out. Hey. This is beautiful. This is what God does, okay? He takes our brokenness. He takes our pain, our, our suffering, our unforgiveness. He takes how messed up you and I are. He takes our hurt. He takes our death. He takes our rebellion against Him. God takes our brokenness and He turns it into something beautiful. If you've been here for uh, the past five weeks, what we've been doing is taking a little mosaic tile putting it on the cross of Jesus, representing our unforgiveness, or, or our brokenness, how we need forgiveness, our pain, our suffering. Maybe it's a person's name that represents this tile. And every week, you know what I did? I glued on your tiles every week, just right about where you put them, just right where you put them. And then this week, um, I put some grout here and shined it up and put some white paint to represent the, uh, the purity of Jesus. And this is what God does. He takes our brokenness and our pain and He turns it into something beautiful. He turns our hurt into hope and our pain into healing. This is the God that we serve like a, like a rainbow after a storm. That's kind of what God is. Rainbow after a storm. God promised to Israel... And Hosea, he promises to us that restoration, that taking of the broken things and restoring all things, the restoration of all things back to the way that he originally made them to be. Where it was good, where there was no sin, where there was no suffering, where there was no sickness, no sorrow, no death. Restoring unfaithful people to faithfulness. This is what God does to the people who for the people who return to Him. Look again in Hosea, chapter 14. I want to read uh, some more, verse 4. 
about how God restores us, takes our hurt and He heals us, take our brokenness and He makes it something beautiful. Hosea 14.4. So this is what God does when we, when we ask for repentance, when we um, ask for forgiveness. This is what awaits us. The Lord says, verse 4, 14.4, Then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds. For my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Chris would say a mountain dew from heaven. <laughs> Israel will blossom. She's not here right now. There she is. Mountain dew from heaven, Chris. Thumbs up. She's playing, uh, what's it called? Monitor. Hall monitor. Yep. That's for the uh, kids escaping from junior church. Escape artist. Verse 5. I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil, like the cedar trees in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees, as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. Oh, Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. We're going to pause there. Save the last verse to the end. This is a poetic way. Hosea is talking about restoration. All good things are coming from God. This is, he's talking about the future blessing, not only for Israel, but also for us. Um, God's coming kingdom, his, his promise to Abraham to inherit the land on earth forever. No more tears, Revelation says. We read that, I think, last week. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. The restoration of all things. We talked about that a little bit more last week if you want to listen to that if you weren't here. The restoration of all things. Eternity with God and Jesus follows repentance in our life and forgiveness through Him. And when Jesus returns, He will make a world like you have never seen. You turn on the news and, yeah, maybe a kitty cat's getting rescued from a tree once in a while. But it's mostly just evil and sickness and pain and shootings and war and death and famine. There will be no need for news stations in the kingdom. No need for hospitals. Praise God. No, no cancer wards. No um, funeral homes. No hospice places. Everything will be restored. God will be this blessing, extreme blessing like you and I have never experienced in our life. And we will get to. He will be there with us. And your loved ones who you miss so much, if they follow Jesus too, they surrender their life to Him, they'll be there with you. I'll get to see my dad again. I'll get to hug my dad again. You'll get to hug your loved ones and see them for all eternity. That's the promise, the blessing of the boundless love of God. There will be a day unlike any other. I'm telling you right now. Just as all the prophets, including Hosea and the scriptures, predicted. The restoration of all things. Israel will be a source of blessing for the world through this kingdom. And now we're going to finish Hosea.
Did you know at the beginning of this that Hosea was a book in the Bible? Raise your hand if you've never really heard of Hosea. Never read it. Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a... A lot of these books in the Old Testament, we skip over and we're like, let me just read John again. You know, Luke and the Philippians and James. and But there is such power in the Old Testament Scriptures too that we are discovering. I hope you have been. Hosea 14, verse 9. Hosea's last words to Israel and to us. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Last thought, if you want to Take notes. We're going to sum this up. This last verse is, Walk wisely or stumble foolishly. That's basically what Hosea says. you got a couple options in life. You're going to walk wisely. You're going to follow God's ways. If so, Hosea says, Listen to the warnings in my prophecy, in this book. Listen and heed them. Or if you're going to go against the ways of God, towards sin, towards rebellion, towards that sinful fleshly nature, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, you're going to stumble in the darkness. That's a foolish way to live. Do you want to be eternally blessed? Or do you want to have to pay the penalty, the death penalty for your own sins in the lake of fire? Stumbling around in the darkness all your life against God in your own sins. There's two directions you can go. What's that, Rachel? Robert Frost... She loves these, some of these uh, poems. Two paths diverged in a wood. In the woods, right? And I, I took the one less traveled. Kind of reminds me of the narrow road that leads to life. And the broad road that leads to destruction. Many follow the world's ways. And yet, that broad road that leads to destruction, the easy way, the, the selfish way of life, the prideful, the just do whatever I feel good, do whatever I want in the moment. Don't care who I hurt. Don't care you know, about the Scriptures if I'm in rebellion against God and His ways. Who cares about God? I am the God of my own life. That's the world's ways. That broad road leads to destruction. The second death, the Scriptures call it. But that road that was less traveled, the narrow road, the harder road in many ways, the road that is against our, our nature, our sinful nature, but is for our new creation nature. That is the way that leads towards life, abundant life that starts today and goes on forever. That is the life of a Christian, of a follower of Jesus. And it's a difference for us between life and death. I'm talking eternal life and death. This is not just any... Oh, do you want McDonald's or Burger King? I don't know. It's not just a silly little simple decision that doesn't make much difference in the grand scheme of things. This is like life or death, baby. This is everything. This is all of it. Will you follow the world and its broad road that leads to destruction? Or will you repent of your sins? Like Hosea says, turn from our sinful, selfish nature, turn from the world's ways, 
and instead follow the ways of God, be restored both now and for all eternity. I encourage you this week, um, I always put extra, I call them bonus verses in your notes. Like these are verses that I'm not going to exactly go through, but that could um, complement our, our topic, our study. Um, encourage you this week. And I, I encourage you to read those Proverbs that I wrote, and, and all the other ones too. They're all good. All the scriptures are good. But uh, I'm just going to read real quick some of these um, Proverbs that Solomon wrote that were uh, carry a similar line of the foolishness and wisdom that Hosea ends with. You're going to be wise and follow God's ways or foolish and follow your own ways. Uh, and, and take them to heart. Life-changing wisdom. Here's one. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. It's that reverent fear of God. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Do you despise wisdom? I got this all on my own. I can do everything by myself. I don't need you. I don't need help. I don't want you to discipline me. That's a foolish way. Here's another one. Fools think their own way is right. But the wise listen to others. Do you always think you're right? Do you always think? You don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to raise your hands. Do you always think you're right? What is that? You know, saying everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Um, they can choose my way or to be wrong. Right? You know, they get, they get to choose. Do you always think you're right? How about this one? Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. That is so true. Here's another one. Those who trust their own insight. I know so much. I'm so wise in my own you know, heart. Not God's wisdom, but on my own. Those who trust their own insight are foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Let's say the wisdom of God in the scriptures. And last one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Trust on the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Follow God in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. We're going to sing our last song today. And our last song for this... Oh, I'll get this out again. For the book of Hosea. You all contributed toward this. Visual illustration. Thank you. That's kind of neat. I don't know. It's five weeks of putting your, your forgiveness, your sin, I mean, your mess up on the cross. And um, seeing how God takes our brokenness and turns it into something beautiful. We're going to display this. Um, maybe in the kitchen. I have to talk with the kitchen team. But Somebody said, you got to put it up where people can see. I don't know. We'll figure out a place. Huh? Right on top of the other one. Right on top of the other one. Right in front of Jason there. We'll figure out a place. We did some redecorating. I didn't account for this, but um, we're going to sing our last song. Remember how God takes our brokenness. Your brokenness, my brokenness, turns it into something beautiful. So let's repent of our sins. Uh, let's renew our commitment to God and Jesus every day and seek more than ever to build our lives on the solid foundation of Jesus. The solid foundation of Jesus. His wisdom in our life and God's boundless love. Will you, will you spend your life seeking to follow God's boundless love that takes our brokenness and He makes something beautiful out of it. Let's all stand together and sing praises to God and His boundless love. Real, real fast, I uh, switched the song. Sure. Because we had the wrong key and we didn't have a... But the song that we're singing 
it listened to the word that fits perfectly to the cross, being broken vessels, wow. all these pieces broken and scattered and mercy gathered and it holds. So it's like listen to the words and think about the cross because it's pretty significant that this song matches exactly what Dan was just talking about. After a prayer, if you'd like to come up and, and take a look at how God takes our brokenness and turns it into something beautiful, you're more than welcome to before we hang it up. <laughs> and then you can look at it for a long time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for your amazing grace, for how you heal us, restore us, make us new, even when we have so much mess and sin and difficulties and pain and sorrows in our life. You, you, you crash through all that. You come through all that with your boundless love. 
saying, return to me. And I will give you life. Life forever. God, we know that in this world we will have sorrow and suffering. But we take heart that through your son Jesus, you have overcome the world. We trust in that. We have hope in that. It fills us with joy that goes beyond the circumstances of our life. Hope that is not dependent on what's on the news or how we're feeling today. We trust in you for your abundant life to start today and your eternal life that goes on forever because of the boundless love you had for us through your son Jesus. and his powerful saving name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.